Well, it's game time, baby. Let's talk pre-game predictions, keys to the game. UCLA, Arizona State, baby. Let's get to it. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. It's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. It's Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, you can watch, subscribe, comment on YouTube, and just going to let you know this episode's brought to you by Underdog. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On, one word, and get your first deposit to doubled up to $100. So here we go. It's finally time to deep dive into this UCLA-Arizona State matchup, which, you know, UCLA, on paper, should win. Well, you throw the paper out the door and realize this one should be a little bit tougher than if you looked at it a few weeks ago, than if you looked at it a couple weeks ago. This one is definitely, as we discussed in our most recent episode, Avoid the Trap. This is a stereotypical trap game. Although you do have Arizona at home next week for the Bruins and then USC. So you got to avoid the whole state of Arizona as a whole on the road and then at home in the Rose Bowl. UCLA, for the most part, still, 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 still has got to come out and play this game well. If they want to impress, if they want to dominate, they should, theoretically, based on all accounts, should dominate this game. I'm not entirely convinced that will happen. I think Arizona State will believe in themselves and make this one a close game with their uh, interim head coach, Sean Aguado. They've got a nice quarterback who's coming, the former walk-ons. We already talked Trenton Borgay. They've got ex Valade, who's a nice career-long rushing career guy, running back for Arizona State. That can kind of counter a couple things for UCLA. Is this to say the Bruins won't win or get upset? Certainly all this is in the cards in what should be a rocking Sun Devil Stadium. We've already brought this up. We'll bring it up again. The first home game in close to a month, in the last home game they had, they upset a top 25 Washington Husky team and put up 40-plus points. Since then, ASU has relieved their then-play caller of call, uh, offensive coordinator of play-calling duties, and after that, they put up 40-plus points in a almost near route of Colorado, only to let the Buffaloes get back in it late, and Arizona State had to hold on for a one-score game. UCLA, well, obviously, they're coming off of a rough loss against Oregon, a response beat down at home against Stanford, and now another true rowdy environment, this time late night, Pac-12 Pac after dark, where you never know what's going to happen in one of those games where UCLA could get down big and come back, could get up big, let him back in it. However it goes, all the cynicals, all the cynics will be like, eh, hold on, let's, let's breathe, let's hold on for a second. But let's get to it. UCLA, this is one matchup that I've really highlighted in this one today. A breakout performance for ASU last week was Jalen Conyers. Even though Valade, their leading tailback, ex Valade, who's got 4,000 career rushing yards, is, you know, he's going to go through Borgay. They've got that one two combo in the backfield, quarterback, running back. But it's Conyers and the tight end room for Arizona State that I've highlighted because Conyers had a three touchdown performance, first touch for F first tight end in FBS this season to do so, first tight end in Arizona State history program history to get three touchdowns receiving in a season in a, a single game excuse me over 100 yards receiving in a dominant 
performance in Boulder. Meanwhile, UCLA hasn't always got that production out of their tight end room with Hudson Habermill and Michael Ezeke and whoever else decide they decide to slot in based on health or how things slot in and out. And of course, those guys have picked up increased roles. But, 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 as I always like to say, it's going to come down in some little mini X factors, the tight end rooms. Can UCLA's tight ends be semi-replicant, uh, you know, kind of reciprocate the success that Arizona State's tight ends may have? If Arizona State's tight ends are shut out, including Conyers, even if they're having a good blocking game and setting up the run game, if their tight ends are shut out and UCLA's do a little bit better, whether it be three receptions, 40 yards, and that's all the Sun Devils get, well, UCLA is going to win that key matchup because I just think if UCLA's tight ends can somehow replicate what Arizona State's can, then UCLA would probably win this game easy, although unless they're letting Conyers and whatnot go off in a game last week against Colorado where he was fantastic, having a career day, almost doubling his season output in one game. Well, UCLA, their tight end room can both tight ends if on um, each side, can they really dive in, help with the run game, but most importantly, the receiving production. Who's going to have the better production? And Ezekiel and Habermill don't need to combine to have 150 yards and three touchdowns. But, you know, Arizona State's done a nice job shutting down, I think, Jalen McMillan, one of the number two receivers for Washington, who had over close to 100 yards receiving nearly every game. He got held down to close to 60 yards. Travis Dye for USC, their leading tailback, transfer from Oregon. 100 yards per game rushing generally. He had closer to 50 or 62 when it came to when he ran against ASU, so that's why his season average is below 100. So they can do a good job, can this ASU defense, of cutting down Jake Bobo, who hasn't exactly been super flashy in recent weeks, but when he's needed to, he's brought it. He's, he's brought his big game. We know big game Jake Bobo can show up at any time. It might come in two weeks' time, but at the moment, it might come down to different receivers, which is why I think UCLA's tight ends may have or need to have a good one on a Saturday evening in Tempe to help UCLA's offense move a little bit better. Not that they will have any trouble with an Arizona rushing defense. Semi-mediocre, you know, at times, if you look at rush yards per game. But they've come through, and they've held other tailbacks down. They've kind of bottled up big game players like a Charbonnet or a Bobo, and UCLA's got three, DTR, Bobo, and Charbonnet. That's what it is. And UCLA may need to rely on other sources to move the football before maybe getting a two-yard punch and touchdown from Charbonnet or a DTR QB keeper or him making a play or going for a two-yard touchdown pass where Bobo, Jake Bobo toe-tap against Utah gets a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Whatever it may be, it's going to come down to those tight ends. Will Arizona State's tight ends break out for a second straight week? Can UCLA's break out for one week here late in the season? in what is what now, week 9, week 10 of the season, if you include the bye. So can those tight ends replicate the success? Which tight end group for the Sun Devils or the Bruins is going to come through and have a big day offensively, which may be one of those hidden X factors that I start with today that can really change the result, whether UCLA wins either in a close one, it's because of the tight ends, or they blow it out because they're tight ends, despite only, whether it be Habermill or Zeke, have two catches 20 yards. But if ASU's had the same same production, two receptions, 30 yards, well, UCLA's probably doing pretty well 
unless Valaday's run for 5 million yards. That's that's just the simple case of it. We're starting with the X factors today. And before we get to some other keys for this one today, I just wanted to tell you more about Underdog Fantasy. This episode, once again, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's the place to spice up your college football season. And as I mentioned before, all you have to do is go sign up with the promo code on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on. That's one word, locked on. And Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. And just know that if you use the promo code locked on, you can get $100 free based on your first deposit. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. All right, as we trudge on forward here in this one today, let's keep rocking and rolling with UCLA and ASU. Locked on UCLA. No basketball's around the corner. We're going to start come Monday with UCLA taking on Sacramento State and Pauley Pavilion. Those keys to those that game will come on Monday. Meantime, we continue to talk about this UCLA-ASU matchup. Our post-game coverage will, as last week, come very late with our post-game analysis. Maybe Sunday morning, maybe early in the wee morning after we fall back an hour, whatever it may be. Just stay tuned for that post-game access. All right, here we go. The Arizona State defense versus the UCLA offense. They talked X-Factors. And while the defense is going to have to key in on certain things for Arizona State, Porquet, who's very quick and getting the ball out, UCLA is one of the better teams across the nation in getting tackles for loss, one of the better teams in the country. They've gotten some pressure. Porquet's been able to negate that. We'll see what happens. Starting with this UCLA offense against the ASU defense. We talked about this. I talked about this in the most recent episode of Locked On UCLA, but I'll bring this up. Arizona State, 10 games with an interception 10 straight games with an interception. 15 of the last 16 games have come through where they've forced an interception, gotten in the backfield, whatever it may be. They forced the turnover, and that is what may limit, what I'm about to tell you, UCLA big plays, or, you know, after a big play, what's going to happen? Arizona State last week against Colorado, after they were mostly wrapping up that game, allowed Colorado's longest pass play of the season, 58-yard touchdown, for the Colorado Buffaloes last week, where it was a, I say if I can find it, JT Shrout throw to Jordan Tyson. Yes, that was not, uh, what what is his name? Whatever it was. Uh, I'm trying to think his name. Whoever started at quarterback for Colorado, that UCLA game, McCown, Josh McCown's kid, whoever it was, it was not the same guy as JT Shrout, who was the quarterback for Colorado, had a 58-yard touchdown pass, and then afterwards, late, it was a special teams return, 88-yard return for Jordan Tyson. So he had two big play touchdowns, 58 yards in the passing game, one in the return game late to really make that game a one-score game with about four minutes to go to give Colorado a late shot at potentially sending that Arizona State game to overtime. So what will be the key? What will be higher, UCLA's turnover total on offense or UCLA's big game total. Arizona State a little susceptible to giving up big plays. Even though they beat Washington, they still gave up a lot of points to do so. Against Colorado, who, yes, they finally got that one win of the year, still struggles a bit. They give up a bunch of big plays. Well, here we are, UCLA with five touchdowns of 50 yards or longer this season. 
But if they go down the field and Arizona State stops the verticality of the passing game, which UCLA really tried to implement last week against Stanford, well, DTR cops one up, or if there's a weird play, whatever it may be, a passing, but if it's an interception, then, you know, that can really hamper. So the big number is we've talked to the tight ends, tight ends, who's going to have a bigger day offensively, and who can really grind it in the running game when it comes to UCLA's offense overall. What will be higher? Their big plays. And while we won't exactly say 50 yards, we'll say about 40-yard plays to 45 yards and greater, whether they be touchdowns or big plays, what's number is greater? We saw Kaz Allen post through with the 72-yard touchdown scamper against the Cardinals, showcasing that elite speed, just boom, gone, touchdown. And saw him finally, just like his first career touchdown, boom, gone in two seconds. But here we are. What's going to be higher? UCLA's turnover total offensively, not margin, total. How many picks does DTR throw? Does he throw one to their zero big plays, which I'm kind of circling more as the 40-yard or greater big play margin? Or does Arizona State, despite getting an interception, give up or getting a fumble, whatever it may be, the turnover, if UCLA says, all right, we cough it up once, but go deep down the field, whether it's Charbonnet going for 40, 50 yards, whether it's DTR finding an open Bobo, Kaz Allen, whether it's Logan Loya coming underneath, whatever it may be, we've seen a variety of receivers have big plays this season for the Bruins, 40 yards or greater for a team that's been, as we've seen it, 40 points per game, well over four, 500 yards a game generally, putting up over 600 yards against Bowling Green when they really got the bulk of their 50-plus yard plays, those big plays, those explosive, explosive plays. What will be the final? This one will be the difference. Can UCLA continue continue, continue, continue to offensively to get big plays versus an ASU team. Again, like they'll face in two weeks against USC at home in the Rose Bowl. Instead of a ball hawk secondary, UCLA's been that themselves, and they've been really good in the turnover margin because early stages of Chip Kelly's era, of course, different team, different skill level, different skill set, they couldn't really win when turning over the football, whether it be once, twice, or a couple times, but DTR number five in the nation in completion percentage, well over 72%. That's really helped. And when they stopped fumbling the football, did the Bruins, especially after that South Alabama game, games have not usually been so close for UCLA at the end. So in the end, turnover number, offensively, how much do they cop it up? Versus an ASU defense, they'll be fired up on the road in a rare, hostile environment the Bruins will have to face this year. It seems like people are discrediting Boulder as a hostile environment considering how their team has performed this year. And then Oregon, well, Eugene speaks for itself. Tempe, we should assume they'll be rocking for the number 12, 11, or 10, whatever rankings you want to use, UCLA Bruins. Go into Sun Devil Stadium and try, 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 try to not get bitten by the trap game. All right, let's keep rolling. So we talk briefly about the UCLA defense, and then we talk about some Jersey Day. In the meantime... UCLA's defense, as I've already mentioned, very good at getting to the quarterback. More than we thought, not very, very good, but they have Leatu Latu, an individual star. Murphy's been Murphy's been fine on the outside, but Trenton Borgay has been one of the best QBs when facing pressure, especially the blitz, at getting the ball with his quick release under two seconds time. Snap, boom, throw, release time, quick. He's been one of the fastest getting it out of the blitz. They have an elite running back in Valaday. So can UCLA continue to drum up pressure. Maybe not at like a Stanford front who 
kind of gets stuck behind, you know, stuck behind the chains when it comes to comes to sacks, when it comes to tackles for loss offensively. I'm not sure UCLA can get as much success against Arizona State like they did against Stanford last week. That's not something the Bruins should expect. So while they did have four sacks last week, six tackles for loss, generally the Bruins kind of growing that number throughout the year, except for that Oregon game when they couldn't get any pressure whatsoever. I think it might be this week a bit of a hybrid between Oregon, where Bo Nix for most teams has been untouchable, just can't get to him, and then Stanford, who everybody's just opened the front door and says, well, here's Tanner McKee, go bear hug him to the ground. Well, it's not going to be one extreme or the other. It'll be a little middle ground. I would say a good day UCLA maybe a sack and a half with two to three maybe tackles for loss for UCLA's defense. If they can get to that number, a sack and a half, that's kind of like the over-under number I'm giving. A sack and a half, two-plus tackles for loss. UCLA's defense, as they've shown with those numbers this year, if they get greater, thriving to a standpoint where they're going to win this game by a couple of scores. Or at least that's how they're going to win the game. If that number is hovering around a sack and a half, if not lower, and those tackles for losses aren't coming against a, a stout ASU run game for the most part with with uh, X Valade, whatever it may be, then that means Arizona State is putting up 35 to 40 points and we're into a shootout between the Bruins and the Arizona State Sun Devils. So that's kind of the thing I've highlighted defensively. One, it's the tight end group as we go back over it. Segment one, tight end groups, who's going to have the bigger impact? Arizona State's broke out last week. Can UCLA replicate the success that the tight ends for the Sun Devils may or may not have? Jalen Conyers being the talk of the town out in Tempe. Can Aziki, Haberville, whatever it may be, can they all come through and have a similar output? As ASU has been normally known in some big occasions against some ranked opponents at the time to bottle up the biggest either running threat or receiving threat that they face with their opposition for the most part. Otherwise, big plays can the Bruins Get those big plays and dominate, 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 dominate. Get the big plays like they have usually all season long, move down and put up their 40-plus point totals as they put in 500 yards, whatever it may be. That's how they do it. And then finally, again, can UCLA's defense get pressure? And not only, all right, they have a QB hurry, but Borgay's been quick to get the ball out. Look at that. Look how quick his release is. If it's not quick, then you guys can make fun of me on Monday. But all Arizona State's been touting how quickly he's been as a release, is a former walk-on for ASU. They've changed their play calling, and now it's quick, quick, quick for ASU to get the ball out of Borgay's hands. Just hit those guys quickly, quickly, quickly. Similar, if you think of South Alabama, UCLA struggled with what? A run game with LaDamian Webb kind of going the other way, which what might validate could have slashing success. And then two, what was the other thing? Well, the other thing may have been how quickly South Alabama got the Football out, quick screens, quick hitters left and right that operated as a secondary run game. Well, this game could play out like that South Alabama game if one, UCLA can't stop those quick plays and can't get pressure. And then two, if UCLA is coughing up the football and Arizona State forces turnovers, the Bruins had to grind out that game against the Jags way back when in the Rose Bowl in week three. If UCLA turns it over and doesn't have big plays, as you can see, this game could operate fairly similar to a game like South Alabama, this time on the road, and this, you know, kind of give that three points for the home field advantage, whatever it may be. 
that's how this game could play out if UCLA doesn't execute, comes out a little sloppy, like they have usually with their six penalties per game, sometimes about a turnover per game at times for the UCLA offense if they've coughed it up in those closer affairs. But generally, UCLA likes to come out on top, and they can do it in dominant fashion. They should. They should dominate this game. Again, we have what? The paper? Paper? There it is. On paper, should be a wash. Just throw it away. Let's go UCLA dominant. Not exactly how I think it'll play out. It could be eerily reminiscent if the Bruins don't come to play of the South Alabama game of how it goes, and UCLA would maybe need a late drive against the team like Arizona State, that they could easily go get a late drive. It's just, do they have the opportunity? Do they force the stop late? And can they handle the environment on the road to do so? And while UCLA is, what I believe, what, six of the last eight road games dating back over the last two, two and a half seasons, it's a little different now that people are starting to pack the stadiums in. Arizona State's believing this is not, again, this is not the team that lost to Eastern Michigan a few, a month and a half ago that got Herm Edwards fired. And this is a team, as I mentioned already, some interesting, interesting head, former head coaches in the NFL just on staff as either former special advisors to the head, special advisors to the head coach and coordinators, game coordinators, whatever it may be. If Brian Billick, you have the likes of, excuse me, you have, let's see, Brian Billick, who's a Super Bowl champion. You have Herm, not Herm Edwards, you have Marvin Lewis as another big name. So here you go. You've got all sorts of success. Brian Billick way back when, you know, it, he was the, the Super Bowl head coach way back with the Ravens. So he, he, you, know, you just never know what this coaching staff for ASU can game plan for a UCLA team that, all right, we'll see how Bill McGovern comes back after missing a game from illness, the UCLA defensive coordinator. How is this game plan X's and O's going to work back and forth in this one? Well, in the end, recap. Tight ends, key. Big plays versus turnovers, key. UCLA defense. Can they force pressure and get to Borgay and not let Valaday have a big game? Again, one of the few FBS running backs that have 4,000 career rushing yards coming through and just being a monster for ASU overall. In the end, we could be in the midst of a high-scoring shootout, ASU, since they've turned over the coaching reins to Sean Aguado. It's been a completely different story. They've won those high-scoring shootouts. And theoretically, if this is a lower-scoring game, UCLA actually might have a better chance. Funny enough, ASU lost 15-14 to Stanford and didn't give up a touchdown. I mean, we saw that Stanford offense last week, very hampered. But even then, the Cardinal were able to get a home win against ASU. Again, this game will be, mark my words, much tougher than the Stanford game is. Captain Obvious signing off right here, talking about simple things. Again, it's National Jersey Day, apparently, on November 4th. So here we go. Look at this. This is the one, speak about it. Uh, considering Tennessee, I believe, was what? The number one team in the nation? I forget. They should be. I, I, I stopped looking at the rankings. You heard my opinion on the rankings when we talked about the lack of respect for the Bruins. But Tennessee's got the best win of the year, and they're going to play Georgia this week. So speaking of Tennessee, I wore this when the Bruins beat Tennessee in Knoxville. So is this my favorite jersey? It's one of my favorite UCLA jerseys. Had some good memories in it. And we walk and roll. Go rock and roll with your favorite UCLA jersey. Wear it this weekend. We'll get pumped. And hopefully the Bruins come Saturday night when we reconvene here with Locked On UCLA with our immediate, immediate reaction with some extra sleep, mind you. Immediate reaction. Hopefully the Bruins get to 8-1 and and creep closer to an epic showdown against first Arizona and then USC 
in the ensuing weeks to try and get that run to the Pac-12 title game underway. So glad you could join us here today. In the meantime, go check out Locked On Sports Today. You can go see their take of the day, their big game recaps. Go make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. You can like, comment, subscribe, and YouTube. Thanks for the support. You know, that's the Twitter if you want to follow me. Go follow the show Twitter at Locked On Bruins. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, all you Bruin fans, hands up. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. Let's go. Yeah. Again, it's a trap. I've said this before. This time we're ending the week with it. It's a trap. Avoid it. Get through. Don't fall for it. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.